Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Keep Pounding Podcast. I'm your host, Sean LJ19, on social media, and we are here in the NFL postseason. Now, I know I said I was going to try and make this like a weekly event or whatever, but that just did not happen. School and work and everything. I just got very uh, caught up and didn't really have time to settle down and make uh, make any of these podcasts. So, but. Hopefully, um, I can start doing these at a relatively regular schedule. It might be closer to like once a month or something along those lines, but who really knows, right? So um, let's just start out and get some of the things out of the way that I missed. First of all, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Super Bowl uh, 50, what was it, 55, 56? I can't remember. Super Bowl 50-something champions. Way to rep the NFC South. You'll love to see it. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, better luck next year. Uh, those tackles definitely didn't help. Us Panthers fans, we know plenty about Mike Remmers. Oh, Vaughn Miller. Oh, the pain. Okay. <laughs> but, um, no, we know plenty about Mike Remmers. And, uh, so yeah, better luck next year. Patrick Mahomes' revenge tour starts now. So, yeah, that pretty much wraps up any of the super big news that I missed. Let's get into some Panthers news. So today, the day I'm uh, recording this, which is February 16th, uh, K1 Short was just released. Thank you, Lord baby Jesus Christ. He needed to go. He was eating up cap space for no reason. I mean, he just, he, he didn't play. He didn't play for like two years or something. And he was just eating up like 10 million in cap or something like that. So finally, very happy we got rid of KK Short definitely a move that needed to happen freed up a lot of cap space and now we have the time to or rather the money i guess to hopefully be able to re-sign curtis and uh taylor moton taylor moton i'm hearing is probably going to get franchise tags so hopefully this means you know we can throw a nice little paycheck at curtis i know that he turned down an extension earlier in this season because he wanted to test free agency my hope is that with this freed up cap space He's going to go and not really get a contract that he wants and then come back to us and we'll give him at least something close to what he wants. Um, that's that's the ideal situation. But um, yeah, moving on from that, today is going to be a lot of draft talk. So let's just get into it. Um, let's not really waste any more time. So the, the NFL draft, the 2021 NFL draft, um, the Carolina Panthers. They select 8th overall. Where do we go at 8th overall, Sean? Well, let me tell you. Hopefully, my, my, first of all, let me just start. My preferred move is still to trade up to either Miami or Atlanta's pick and take Fields or Wilson. That's still my preferred move. Um, I just think both of them would thrive best in our offense, especially Fields. I know there's a lot of concern with Fields about having tunnel vision and that kind of thing. I think that he could be really solid in the Panthers offense just because of his dual threat ability and his arm. I just, I think he could do really well in our offense. So Fields or Wilson are both probably my number one pick still, but we'd have to trade up to three or four to do so. Um, In order to trade up to those picks, I don't really know what we would have to give up. I would assume it would be like the eighth probably a second and a like a fourth and then like a 22 first i would think would be enough maybe you'd have to throw in like a sec be like the eighth overall pick the second and then like the third rounds and then a 22 first um something along those lines but 
bottom line is that's still my number one move is to trade up to either the Dolphins, the Falcons pick to pick up uh, Fields or Wilson. Probably more likely the Dolphins because they're, I mean, there's very rarely interdivision draft night trades for like to trade up. Like, I, I just don't think that Atlanta would be willing to trade up with us just because it's a division rival. So, yeah. Um, that, that would be my number one move. But, assuming that we stay at eight, um, Trey Lance is obviously the way to go. There's the biggest, you know, he's obviously the biggest boomer bust prospect in this draft. So, do you take your chances? Do you, you know, what, where do you do there? I would suggest taking your chances. Um, again, this offense is so easy for any quarterback in this draft to come into and be solid just because of all the weapons that are around. I mean, you have CMC, Mike Davis, who proved that he can easily be a running back one. Um, and then obviously, DJ Moore, the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. Can we can we just like, I mean, side rant, but can we just take a minute to appreciate how underrated DJ Moore is? I mean... The man is easily top 15, and people will leave him out of their top 25. I mean, it's just the slander. The slander is just insane. But um, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, hopefully re-signing Curtis Samuel. You have a really, like, I won't, I won't say really solid. I'll say average offensive line, right? When Okung and uh, Moten and Paredes were all playing, that O-line was really solid. Gave Teddy plenty of time to throw, so... Um, and Teddy just couldn't get it done. So yeah, definitely um, could... I mean, any quarterback can come to this offense, like I said, and just be solid. So I would prefer Trey Lance, but, 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 unfortunately, as we all have known and heard, Matt Rule kind of sort of fell in love with Mac Jones at the Senior Bowl. Now, why is this a bad thing? Well, I mean, it, it's not a horrible thing, right? There, there are worse people to fall in love with than Mac Jones, right? He, I mean, he could fall in love with Kyle Trask, Kyle Trash, right? But he, he chose Mac Jones. So that's not a horrible thing. At least he's still a top, you know, like a first round selection. He's definitely QB5. But the bad thing is, just historically speaking, when teams fall in love with a prospect like this very 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 rarely do they trade down to get the best value out of them which means we would probably if we did take jones be looking at taking him at eighth overall that's the l that is where the l comes in mac jones i think the earliest he should go is 12 to 15 that then that's the earliest Right. I would not mind. Honestly, my preference would be trading down to the Niners pick, taking like getting literally their 12th pick in like a second and like a future fourth or something like their second and their fourth would be fine. Trade down with them. They hop up, get the quarterback they so desperately want in Trey Lance. We sit a little bit and we we most definitely will get Mac Jones in that case because Denver probably not going quarterback. Right, this is Drew Locke's make it or break a year. I think not only for fans but also for um, the management. Dallas, you probably are resigning Dak most likely. Um, don't really see you 
letting him walk. Giants, this is Daniel Jones making or break it year, not only for the fans, but also for uh, this organization as well. I think a lot of fans are ready to move on already, but the three-year rule, people, you got to give him the three-year rule. This is his third year. This is his make it or break it year. And then 12 would be where we would get Mac Jones. That would be fine. That would be perfectly fine, right? You get more draft capital. When do they pick in the second round? Let's see. When do the 49ers pick in the second round? So we'd be picking 39 and 43 right there back to back. That would be beautiful. But the more realistic uh, thing, historically speaking at least, is Mac Jones at eight, which is not ideal at all. That's not ideal in the slightest. Oh boy, but if it did happen, um, it'd be tough, but hopefully we could just get Mac Jones in here and get him to be really solid, right? The concerns with Jones are that he doesn't really, the, the athleticism isn't there, right? He's super smart, but the athleticism just is not there. Um, I think he can move a little bit. He can move enough to get you know pick up a little five or six yards and when there's no spy you know go and pick up a first but he's definitely not the guy who's going to be breaking the pocket and making these insane throws like Lance can or could be able to I should say because like I said Lance is such a boomer bust prospect Jones is not quite as boomer bust but I think he could be solid I don't think he's a franchise guy I'll just go ahead and say I don't think he could be a franchise guy I know Matt Rule likes him because of his personality and, you know, he's a hard worker, great coachable player, but I don't think that he's the type of guy who you can make your franchise around. Now, I don't know if that's what we're looking for because, you know, we already have Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Ryan Burns, you know, Jeremy Chin, although they don't really matter because they're on defense. So what am I talking about? But, you know, we already have CMC, DJ Moore, guys to build the offense around. So I don't really know if we're looking for a quote-unquote franchise quarterback but I just don't know if whatever we are looking for is Mac Jones um I think he could be good but I don't think he could be great right I think he could be I won't say I don't really know what his ceiling would be off the top of my head I'd have to look at a little bit more film and make the decision like that but I mean I could see him realistically turning into like a Jimmy G or like a Kirk Cousins, you know, serviceable when your games won't necessarily be, you know, the guy to make a deep playoff run. And we saw that with the 49ers, right? They thought they could get by with a serviceable quarterback and they choked in the Super Bowl. Well, I should say Jimmy G choked in the Super Bowl. But um, all that aside, Carolina, please don't take Mac Jones at eight. I, I beg you. If, if you're going to stay at eight and pick a quarterback, please make it Trey Lance. Please make it Trey Lance. Um, I don't think Detroit would necessarily take Lance for the sole reason of they, like, um, God, I keep losing my train of thought. I'm sorry, guys. They seem to have really liked golf. I mean, the the coaching staff and everything, the way they're talking about golf, they seem to really like him. So I think he'll be the starter at least for this year. I don't see them taking Lance, but it's draft night. You never know what could happen. The Jags could go with, you know, freaking Kyle Trask at one. You never know. <laughs> but yeah. So um, moving on from that, another option that I could see very plausible is 
Now, people call me crazy for this one. Call me crazy if you want. Trade for Sam Darnold. Now, I know, I know. Oh, but Sam Darnold's so bad. You're so bad. Why would you want Sam Darnold? Hear me out, okay? Two words. Ryan Tannehill. What the hell does Ryan Tannehill have to do with this, Sean? I'm talking Sam Darnold. What does Ryan Tannehill have to do with this? Ryan Tannehill was in the Adam Gase system in Miami. And people said the same thing. He was not that great. He was serviceable at best. He shouldn't have had a starting job. This, that, and the third, right? Left Miami, left Adam Gase, and now he's a top-end quarterback. Right? Like, and if you want to debate that, maybe. I think he's, I really do think he's top 10. I'd probably go as far as, say, top 7. Um, you want to debate it, fine. I would take Tannehill top 10 probably top seven but not the point of uh, what I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say is Ryan Tannehill proved to us that with the escape of Adam Gase like leaving Adam Gase can lead to very good things Adam Gase can ruin a player's career we saw it with Tannehill he was everybody said he was bad he was horrible he was serviceable at best in Miami left Miami boom top 10 quarterback I think Darnold could be the same way. Leave Adam Gase, get him into a good system with good weapons, and you never know. Maybe now all of a sudden you're looking at a really solid quarterback. I've seen flashes of Sam Darnold where I do think, wow, he could be really solid if he escapes Adam Gase. Like, they don't happen often, right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you every single game he has this flash where it's like, oh my God, that was a top 10 quarterback. But I'm not going to sit here and act like he doesn't have those moments where... You look at him and think, oh my God, he could be something special. So, trading for Sam Darnold might not even be a bad, not might not be a bad move. I would say give it a chance, as long as you don't give up too much. My ideal trade for Darnold would be something along the lines of, like, the second and, like, fourth round picks. Maybe, like, a 22 second or third and then Darnold and like a fourth, right? Keep that eighth pick. Do not give up the eighth pick for Darnold. If you're going to go for Darnold, don't give up the eighth pick. He's not worth a first. The Jets fans will try and tell you otherwise because, oh, we spent a first-round draft pick on him, so then he makes him worth a first, right? No, that's not how it works. Your play style depends on how much you're worth, and he did not play in New York like a first-round pick, so don't spend a first-round pick on him. That's simple. If that did happen, though, if we did go ahead and get Darnold, well, then where do you go with the eighth pick? My preference is Kyle Pitts. But I don't necessarily hate if you go with Sertain. Even Slater I'd be cool with. Um, Sertain, Slater, if Parsons is still on the board, I wouldn't hate that. Although, actually, I don't love the Parsons pick just because of the character issues that he has and this whole thing about sticking his dick all up in other players during the showers and everything like the as a prank it i don't love i don't love mike parsons um especially not in carolina and especially because matt rule's system is so based off of being a good person and being like having a good character and being coachable parsons is neither of those things he's not a good dude and he's not really that coachable so i don't love the parsons pick but at eight, if you want to go Pitts, Sertain, Slater, I'm fine with any of those. 
uh, Slater, if you want to improve that O-line. That's probably the least likely. I think it would be more likely between Pitts and Sertain. Probably would be Sertain. I would prefer Pitts because I think tight end is a bigger hole than corner because Dante Jackson is solid, right? He's not Now, he's not any kind of... He can't be a corner one on a contending team or on a playoff team. I don't think he's that, right? But I do think that he's really solid. And I think that if we did have to wait until round two or three or four to get a corner to accompany Dante, that would be fine with me. Um, But if you want to take Sertain at eight, do it, right? I'm not going to stop you. Um, I would probably prefer Pitts, though, because like I said, I think the upgrade of Ian Thomas to Kyle Pitts is a much bigger upgrade and more value at eight than going from Dante Jackson to Pat Sertain at eight, right? Just my opinion. Just my personal take. Like I said, though, if you want to go Sertain there, do it. If you want to go Pitts there, do it. If you want to go Slater there, do it. Assuming that you trade for Sam Darnold, of course. Because, like I said, I think he could be good. I do. Right? He's made throws in the past that you're like, wow, that was really freaking impressive. And, you know, so... Yeah, um, that is going to conclude this episode of the Key Pounding Podcast. I really do hope you enjoyed. I hope that I was able to sway your opinion on something at least. And yeah, I hope everybody has a great day. Keep pounding. I love each and every one of you. Have a great day. Keep pounding. Keep pounding.